Thanks for joining us here at New Song Church, where we are helping people to know God, find freedom, discover purpose, and make a difference. If you have any questions at all or just want to learn more about us as a church, you can check us out online at mynsc.org. It's the best way to stay connected with us throughout your week. And now, check out this week's sermon. Hello, New Song, and let me say happy Mother's Day to all of the wonderful moms here at New Song. You're absolutely the best. We love you. Thank you for investing in our lives and, and of course, our families. Uh, we, we just love and appreciate you so much. Typically, we would have a gift for you today, but obviously, we're not meeting in person. And uh, so just know that we're honoring you in our hearts and that we love you so very, very much. I, I want to uh, continue the series today about uh, living courageously, and really this is the the, uh, the final sermon in this series. And um, I don't want to say this is a coincidence, but we actually happen to be talking about two ladies um, in Exodus chapter 1. And this was not necessarily planned uh, for Mother's Day, but it's just how it worked out, and I think that's pretty awesome, actually. Um, this is Exodus chapter 1, and there are two, and I'm going to say these names right up front, and there's a reason for that. There are two ladies mentioned in this passage of Scripture, and their names are uh, Shifra and, I'm going to say it, Pua, okay? So for all of you moms out there, go ahead and take your pillow and throw it at your, your giggling teenager or maybe even your husband, all right? And just let them know it's just the name Pua. I'm sorry that it is what it is. So let's get the giggles out of the way with that and uh, let's move on to the text, okay? Here we go. Um, Exodus chapter one, starting in verse six. It says, now Joseph and all of his brothers and all that generation died, but the Israelites were exceedingly fruitful. They multiplied greatly, increased in numbers, and became so numerous that the land was filled with them. Then a new king, to whom Joseph meant nothing, came to power in Egypt. Look, he said to his people, the Israelites have become far too numerous for us. Come, we must deal shrewdly with them or they will become even more numerous, and if war breaks out, will join our enemies, fight against us, and leave the country. So let's break. Let's take a break right there. What's happened is remember that uh, that Joseph um, was sold into to slavery. He eventually ended up in Egypt. He was really second in command over the whole kingdom, and the the famine happened, and his family came over, and they ended up living there in the land. And um, so years pass. The Israelites are just just booming. They're just growing uh, numerically. And a new Pharaoh comes in. And it's so interesting to me that in this passage of scripture, two midwives are mentioned, Shifra and Pua, but the name of the Pharaoh is not mentioned at all, even though he is literally the most powerful man in, in the known world at that time. And uh, so, so Joseph at this point has been forgotten. The new king doesn't really know about him or even care about him. The Israelites are... are um, uh, becoming very, very numerous at, at this time. And he sees a problem happening in the land. So Exodus 1 verse 15 now. The king of Egypt said to the Hebrew midwives, because he saw the problem and he wanted to put an end to it, he said to the midwives, whose names were Shifra and Pua, when you are helping the Hebrew women during childbirth on the delivery stool, 
If you see that the baby is a boy, kill him. But if it is a girl, let her live. The midwives, however, feared God and did not do what the king of Egypt had told them to do. They let the boys live. Then the king of Egypt, think about this, everybody. The king of Egypt summoned the midwives and asked them, why have you done this? Why have you let the boys live? No doubt these midwives had to be scared. The midwives answered Pharaoh, Hebrew women are not like Egyptian women. They are vigorous and give birth before the midwives arrive. So God was kind to the midwives and the people increased and became even more numerous. And because the midwives feared God, he gave them families of their own. Now, let me break this down to you a a, a little bit here. Uh, First of all, Shifra and and Pua were not the only midwives in the community. In fact, the vast majority of scholars believe they were the head of the midwives, that there were multiple midwives involved, and they would be the ones uh, that would communicate Pharaoh's demands to all of the rest of the midwives. So it's not like these two were the only two going out and delivering uh, babies. And actually, we see that In scripture, it says they are vigorous and give birth before the midwives arrive. So they're obviously talking about other ladies involved in this as well. But but Shifra and Pua are the ones that are that are uh, kind of brought in well brought into the king's presence and told um, what to do and obviously what not to do as well. And I, I want to I teach you five things about this portion of Scripture. As we're talking about living courageously, most of you, uh, and, and, unless you're just avid Bible readers and, and you know maybe read your Bible through in a year, and we hope you do that, I, I would say a lot of you have never heard of Shifra and Pua, and yet they are, they are courageous heroes in the Bible that made a big difference Um, not only in their generation, but in many, many generations to come. So the first thing I want to teach you, there's five things I want to teach you today. And the first thing I want to teach you is that the Bible is actually filled with unlikely heroes. Shifra and Puer are are part of the unlikely heroes found in the word of God. Um, They they didn't know, let let me say this, you've heard me say this so many times, new song, that you never know what a day holds. You you don't know what a day holds. Um, We've received phone call after phone call after phone call over the the past 16 years of pastoring new song. Uh, since we started the church, where people have just called and they're in distress, they're they're un, un, under a lot of pressure, they're in pain, they're hurting, they're surprised, they're shocked uh, because of of um, uh, you know diagnosis or or accidents that occur or uh, deaths that occur in the family. See, you never know what a day holds. So, first of all, let me just say this. This is a side note. That's why we always need to be ready. That's why we always need to be in love with Jesus, following Jesus, passionately devoted to Jesus. Like you never know what a day holds. And no doubt these two midwives had no idea what this day held for them. Uh, um, let, Let me say like this. They had no idea that they would be in the presence of the most powerful ruler in the land. They had no idea. They were just called up. Could you imagine the emotions that they were going through? And then when the most powerful man in the the known world commanded them to do something, they knew in their heart, that's wrong. I don't want to do that. But they also knew that, that the punishment 
for disobedience to the Pharaoh was actually death. They knew it. They, and could you imagine going home and what you would say to one another as you're walking back uh, to, to your house or as you're walking back to the Israelite community, the, the tears that must have flowed, the confusion that must have been in their life. They were, they were um, just everyday people and they didn't know what that day was going to hold. And they ended up becoming very unlikely heroes because of their their courage. Can I tell you a new song? You don't know what's in a day. You, you don't know um, what's going to happen tomorrow or next week or next month. You don't know the conversations that you're going to have. Uh, you, you don't know what's going to what, what people are going to try to place on you. You don't know what's going to be asked of you. And can I tell you, everybody, we, we have to have our hearts in tune to the voice of the Holy Spirit. We have to have our hearts ready to obey God and do what God has called us to do. No matter, no matter what we're facing, we have to have courage. We have to trust in the Lord every single day of our lives because we never know what a day holds. We never know what a day holds. The second thing I want to tell you is this, that courage comes easier when you're not alone. Courage comes easier when you're not alone. Um, think, think about this. The, 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 they had to have this moment. Shifra and Pua had to have this moment to say, hey, at least we're together. At, at, at least I'm not alone in this. At least I don't have to face this by myself. Because courage, courage comes easier when you're not alone. Uh, I'm going to read a portion of scripture to you found in Hebrews chapter 10, verse 24 and 25. And it says, and let us consider how we may spur one another on toward love and good deeds, not giving up meeting together as some are in the habit of doing, but what's this? Encouraging one another and all the more as you see the day approaching encouraging one another. Hey, let's not give up meeting together. We need to, to, to live life together. And when we're together, we need to place courage inside of one another because everybody says, and all the more as you see the day approaching, we need to place courage inside of one another because you never know what a day holds. And in fact, can I tell you, that's what's happening right here, right now. As you're listening to this message, I'm, I'm placing courage inside of you. I'm, I'm encouraging you to follow God, to be ready to, to make tough decisions, to live a life of faith, to live a life of trust in our heavenly Father. You never know what a day holds. Can I, can I tell you this too? That when courage comes easier when you're not alone, it, it's the truth. Because God created teamwork. Did you know that? God created teamwork and he created teamwork for a reason. He knew, he knew that when courage must take place in our lives, that it's easier to face something when you're not alone. Let me give you a great example. I, I know this is Mother's Day, but I'm going to use a manly example. I, I remember uh, one time when I was younger, um, I, I, I was placed in a position where I thought I was going to have to have a fight. Now, it ended up not happening, but this guy was kind of challenging me. And, and uh, you know, it's a guy thing. We just kind of stand up and say, hey, nobody's going to push me around. And, and to be honest with you, I was, I was ready to fight, but I was nervous. You know, I was, 
I, I was thinking, I don't know if I can take this guy. Um, um, I, I was bigger, but he was faster. And, and, um, and I thought, boy, this is good. This is going to be a, a rough day and, until all of a sudden, uh, some of my friends just started walking up and this guy just backed down because he saw that I wasn't alone. Now, I didn't ask my friends to, to step up. I was willing to do it on my own. I was willing to fight on my own. I, I wasn't requiring them to step up. I mean, I didn't even look at them to say, what do I do? I, I was kind of, you know, as teenagers do, I was just trying to man up in the moment and prove myself to be a man. Well, uh, can I tell you, when they started stepping forward, that my courage was on the rise, everybody. I mean, it went through the roof because courage comes easier when you're not alone. Uh, when I when I was playing football back in the day, and and I would have an opponent if I was on, you know, I was I well, I played both offense and defense. But when I was uh, on offense, in the center sometimes I, I would have a guy that I would just have hard time a hard time handling, and I would just look at the next guy over and say, Hey, man, I need a little help with this guy, um, you know. And we would make some adjustments. And, and I wasn't fearful of the next play because I knew I wasn't alone. I knew I had somebody to help me uh, to, to, to uh, you know, make that block and make that play successful. Courage comes easier when you're not alone. Everybody, it's so important that we live life together. It's so important that, that we, we gather here when the doors open up, up again, that we gather here and we encourage one another and we live for each other's benefit. Uh, it, it's just the way that God designed it. It's not my design. I didn't create the, the church. I didn't create teamwork. That was God's idea. It's God's design and we should embrace it. We should embrace it. Number three, my relationship with God can impact generations to come. And, and the relationship that these midwives had with God actually it really did impact generations to come. Um, for instance, um, we, we see in Exodus chapter two, well, well let, me, let me start here, that actually Pharaoh, uh, he, he commanded the, the midwives, hey, I want you to take out every boy. I want you to kill them, but let the girls live. Well, obviously they, they didn't do that. They stood up as women of, of courage and, and did the right thing. But at the end of Exodus chapter one, uh, Pharaoh makes this other decree and pretty much says, hey, throw every boy into the river, you know, just drown them all. And, uh, you know, if that if plan A isn't going to work, well, we're going to go to plan B. Well, turn the page into Exodus chapter two and who comes on the scene? It's Moses. It's Moses. Moses w was born. And of course, the, the, the real mother protected him for several months and then placed him in the basket and put him in the river. And it ended up, Moses ended up in Pharaoh's palace. He ended up in Pharaoh's family. And think about this, that, that, that Shifra and Pua may have helped deliver the future deliverer of Israel. Isn't that amazing? Like they, they could have been the ones that stepped into Moses' life uh, before he was even born. It helped deliver him, not knowing that he would eventually lead all of those Israelites out of the land of Egypt. That's just amazing to me that your obedience, your, your, your courage, your relationship with God can actually impact generations to come. And you may never even know it. 
You, you may not understand it, the impact that you have on somebody's life. Let me ask you a few questions. Um, I, I wonder who won Billy Graham to the Lord Jesus Christ. Who told Billy Graham about Jesus? And, and think about that. S somebody led Billy Graham to the Lord. And then in turn, Billy Graham went out and became an evangelist and led tens of thousands, if not millions of people to the Lord. But see, see, your relationship with God and your courage and your obedience to the Lord can actually impact generations to come. And that's why everybody, every single day, we need to walk uh, by faith. We need to walk in the spirit. We need to listen to the spirit's voice. We need to be obedient. We need to be filled with courage because we don't know the impact that we're having on people's lives. Well, one of the greatest joys that I have in ministry is actually seeing other people step up and say, you know what, I'm called to be a minister too. And, and can you help me? Can, can you train me? Can, can, you, can you walk this through with me? And it is a great joy in my life because when I've impacted somebody else, just one person, but they in turn decide to, to rise up as a man or a woman of God and, and be impactful in the lives of others, that's just absolutely amazing to me. And it's a great joy to my life. Number four, let's move on. Number four, God uses imperfect people to accomplish his perfect plan. Because every time somebody reads this portion of scripture and they, and they see that, that uh, uh, Shifra and Pua actually uh, feared God, but they, they turn around to, to, to Pharaoh and they just told a lie. They, they, they just said, hey, listen, um, the, the, the Israelites, the Hebrew women, are, they're just more vigorous uh, than the Egyptians. And can you, can you, I mean, think about that. That's almost a slap in the face to Pharaoh. They're kind of looking at Pharaoh and saying, actually, the ladies in our community, um, they're just better than yours. They're, they're, they're just uh, more, more vigorous than yours. They're, they're just better at it than yours. Could you imagine that uh, they, they went to Pharaoh and they just lied. They were protecting these boys and that was the right thing to do because they feared God. But in the middle of that, they told a lie. And a lot of theologians, a lot of uh, scholars have really struggled with that and didn't know how to put, put that in, into perspective, really, that God, that, that, that God blessed them and we'll talk about that in a second, that God blessed them even after they told a lie. And, and here's, here's what I want to maybe, maybe, maybe ask a different question than maybe what other theologians and scholars have been asking. A lot of people would ask, did God bless them for lying? I think that's the wrong question. I, I, think, I think we can say it this way, that actually God blessed them in spite of their lying that God saw their hearts, that God saw their willingness um, to honor him and to honor uh, the sanctity of life, to, to, to live for the good of others, and that he honored them, not for lying, but in spite of lying. See, see, God uses imperfect people to accomplish his perfect plan. Can I tell you something, everybody? I'm imperfect. I, I am not a perfect person. You need to know that. I'm not a perfect person. Just ask my wife, everybody. She knows. She'll tell you, I am not a perfect person. But aren't you glad that God uses imperfect people to accomplish his perfect 
plan. And if he can use Shifra and Pua, he can use you. If you say, you know what, I, I'm just, I'm not a good person. I still fail in a lot of areas. Can I tell you, can I tell you something? Get your eyes off of your badness and get your eyes on his goodness and live your lives for the glory of his name. Even in your imperfection, honor the Lord. Have the right motives. Have the right heart. Be in relationship with God. As he's continuing to sanctify you and change you and, and make you more like Jesus, go ahead and just give God everything that you have. Give him your best. Give him your life. Give him your heart. Give him your service. Because he always uses imperfect pe people for his perfect plan. Because there's nobody in this world that's perfect. Yet God uses imperfect people all the time. Don't wait. Don't wait for you to be perfect before you serve God. Don't wait um, uh, for you to have everything in order before you fulfill his purpose in your life. Because the truth of the matter is, as long as you're alive, you're going to deal with the sin issue. And yet it's going to get better and God's going to change you and mold you into his image more and more and more and more and more. But there's still always going to be issues in your life because we battle our sinful nature. And can I tell you, don't let that stop you from making a difference in the world. Remember, know God, find freedom, discover your purpose, and make a difference. That's why we live life. That's the best way to enjoy this life. I promise you that God uses imperfect people of which I am a great example of that. And this is the last one, number five, that God blesses those who put him first. That God blesses those who put him first. Psalm 37, verse four is where we're gonna start reading. Let's do that right now. Take delight in the Lord and he will give you the desires of your heart. Commit your way to the Lord. Trust in him and he will do this. He will make your righteous reward shine like the dawn, your vindication like the noonday sun. Most scholars believe that the midwives were midwives because they actually weren't able to have families of their own or children of their own. And so they, the, the, that community of, of Israel would take, would take ladies who were unable to have children, and those ladies would become midwives because after all, the ones who were, were uh, having children, they, they, it's not like in American culture we, we'd have two, you know, 2.5 children. No, in that, in that culture, in that era, uh, the more children you had, the more blessed you were. And so they never tried to stop from having children. In fact, they, they wanted child after child after child. They, they had very, very large families. Well, the, the, the moms in that community, and, as an Israelite mother, you would be consumed with day-to-day -day tasks. I mean, you had roles to play in your home. You had a huge role to play in your home, not only concerning your children, but just concerning the care of your household, um, obviously taking care of your husband, taking care of the house, the kids, um, all of that stuff. There were responsibilities that the ladies had. And so they, if, if you were a mom in these days, you people would look at you and say, well, obviously you don't have time to be a midwife because that takes a lot of effort. That takes a lot of time. And so most scholars believe that the midwives were not able to have children of 
their own. And so, so here we have in Exodus chapter one, verse 21, it says, because the midwives feared God, what's this? And here's proof of that. Because the fear, the, the midwives feared God, he gave them families of their own. Like he blessed them. He, he, he blessed them with children of their own. He blessed the ones who were not able to have children with children. Why did he do that because everybody watch this psalm 37 take delight in the lord and he'll give you the desires of your heart like like god blesses those who put him first god blesses he rewards those who live for the glory of his name who 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 make great decisions who live li- who live lives of faith and courage and and who just stand up for what's right in this generation he blesses people who are obedient to him and his word. Now, that, that's not, I, I don't want to say that everything that you will ever desire that you've ever wanted in your life is, is going to be handed to you. You know, if, if your deepest desire is to, to own, um, you know, a, a 67 Camaro, I don't know that God is going to just hand you the keys and say, there you go. Because what we find out in scripture is that the more we put God first, in our lives, the, the more we delight ourselves in the Lord, then, then the more uh, the desires of our heart become actually the desires of his heart. Like God changes our heart and the things that we used to long for, we no longer long for because we find out they're not important compared to eternity. And so God puts different desires in our heart and, and, and he changes us. And all of a sudden, we, as we delight ourselves in him, he changes our hearts. And then he starts, he, he starts um, giving us the things that our hearts really desire, the things that are really um, um, most important to us. And, and yes, he does reward us with things that even are above and beyond. No doubt about it. I, I mean, my wife and I, we have received the blessings of the Lord. He's blessed us more than we could ever think or imagine. And I mean that literally everybody, he just has blessed us beyond measure because we live to, to delight ourselves in the Lord. We, we, we live for his, for his glory, for his name. And, um, and he's, he's very, very generous to those uh, who live for him. He, let me say it like this. He blesses those who bless him. He blesses those who live to bless him, who, who live uh, to glorify his name, to, to, to exalt his name. And it doesn't mean you're going to get every single thing that, that you want in life. I'm not saying that. But he is going to bless you in ways where you, you will look up with deep gratitude in your heart and you say, thank you, Father, for blessing me the way that you have. And you'll have a wonderful, joyous life filled with contentment, filled with hope. Um, filled with the blessings of God. Everybody, that's how I want to live life, with God as my focus, with, with, with God as the, the focal point of my life, knowing that everything that he will, will give me, it's always going to be good. It's always going to be wonderful. And even when I have bad days, he's going to walk through them with me. He's going to be there with me because he loves me and he cares for me and he loves you and he cares for you. If you've not given your life to Jesus, today's a great day to do that. I'm going to invite you right now to bow your heads wherever you are, and let's pray. Let's call upon the Lord. Heavenly Father, I want to say first of all that I thank you that you look past our faults, you look past our imperfections, and you love us anyway. 
that you show us your grace, that you, that you, that you show us your mercy. Lord, it's by grace that we've been saved, and we call upon you as imperfect people today, Lord. Use us for the glory of your name. Father, for those that are praying right now and they realize they're in need of a Savior, Father, I pray that they would surrender their lives to you, that they would give their lives to you. In fact, let's pray that right now. Jesus, I give my life to you. I surrender my life to you. I'm, I'm not perfect, but I realize all the more how much I need you. And I'm asking you to come in and save me. Make me clean. Forgive me of my sins. And I thank you for doing that because I know everybody who calls upon your name, that they're saved. And I call upon your name today. And I thank you for loving me, even in my imperfection. And I pray that you'd use me for the glory of your name. And Lord, I pray that for all of New Song, that every single one of us would live courageously. We would live lives of faith, lives that would make a difference, not only in this generation, but in generations to come. And I thank you that even in our imperfections, you give us the desires of our hearts as we delight ourselves in you. You are awesome. You are good. You're wonderful. Lord, I thank you for helping us to live courageously through the power of your spirit. Now, also, I pray a special blessing upon all of the moms today. I pray that you'd strengthen them, encourage them in the faith. Lord, I pray that you'd give them every good and perfect thing that you have for their life as they live out your purposes in their family. It, it, Lord, as they, as they teach their children and grandchildren uh, about you, Father, bless them, I pray, and strengthen them, I pray. And I thank you for how awesome they are and what a great job they're doing, Lord. We give you all of the praise for moving in the lives of the ladies at New Song and anybody listening today that, that is a mom, that's a, that's a, that's a grandma. Thank you, Father, for blessing them. And I speak that over their life today. In the name of Jesus Christ, I pray it. Amen. Amen. As a church, it's our honor to play a small part in what God is doing through your life, and we would love to continue on that journey. To find out what your next steps could be in your relationship with Christ, all you have to do is go to mynsc.org connect. Thank you to all of you who consistently give, serve, and pray. You are the ones that God is using to truly make a difference in our community as we live out our mission of leading people to become fully devoted followers of Christ. We hope you tune in next week.